0: In this episode of s and Critical Insights, Sarah Payne, John Sava, and Melissa Sawyer are joined by Kelly Sullivan, partner at communications firm Joelle Frank, and Scott Winter, managing director at proxy solicitor firm Inisfree, to discuss Universal Proxy.
1: I'm Sarah Payne, an M&A and Capital Markets partner based in Sullivan and Cromwell's Palo Alto office. Before we get started, I'd like to first introduce our panelists for today's discussion. From Sullivan and Cromwell, I'm joined by my partner, John Sava, who's also an M&A and Capital Markets partner based in Palo Alto, and Melissa Sawyer, who heads up SNC's M&A group. We're really excited to be joined by Kelly Sullivan, who is a partner at the communications firm, Joelle Frank. Kelly has deep expertise in advising clients on activist situations, as well as assisting clients on navigating other high stakes communications matters. We're also joined by Scott Winter, managing director of proxy solicitation firm Innisfree. Scott is extremely active in advising companies on shareholder engagement, focusing on shareholder activism, M&A, and corporate governance. We're really excited to have Scott and Kelly with us today given the perspective they bring from their advisory work with companies in this area where communications and shareholder engagement are key. I want to now move to a topic that, as I mentioned, is top of mind for virtually all of of our clients is universal proxy. And maybe, Scott, I'll, I'll start with you in terms of how you're looking at advising companies, getting ready for this. What are the expectations for the upcoming season?
0: I think there's going to be a lot more activism potentially, but a lot fewer fights. So, and what I mean by that is I think, but I could be wrong and we'll see how the market plays out, the 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 market will judge ultimately. But from a, just from a proxy solicitor's perspective of who wins and who loses, what universal ballot does is it makes it easier for activists in a proxy fight to win one or two seats, but harder to win a lot of seats but it also makes it harder for companies to completely shut out the activist. So if the bid ask last year was five seats versus zero, even if the activist has nominated five people, the realistic outcome might be somewhere between one and three. If the bid ask is narrowed, you would think that There should be, once companies realize they're likely to get at least one of these activist candidates, they may be more open to settling and resolving it. But the counter to that is, if the activist knows they're going to win at least one seat and that's the floor, why not go for more? So I'm not sure how far this goes, but I think we're going to see a lot more activism. I don't think we'll see a lot more activism from the big guys like Elliott or Starboard. They're already super active. And so nothing stopped them. They'll continue to be really active. They'll probably change their tactics a little bit, but they're very creative and very smart and will use the new rules however they think advantages them. I think we're going to see much more activists from some of the smaller guys. Activism makes proxy fights cheaper or the universal ballot makes activism cheaper for activists that were more resistant to spending some money. And so now... You used to be able to threaten, like, do you really want to do a proxy fight? You're really going to spend all this money and maybe you'd get them to back off. It's not that much money anymore. So they may not back off. And I think that's going to lead to more settlements. On a preparedness standpoint, I don't know what companies can do other than keep performing, make sure you have good, strong directors with good skills and refresh your boards and make sure that your shareholders understand and agree with your strategy if they don't understand what you're trying to do and don't buy into that, that's when you have an issue.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of leverage this gives more of the special interest stakeholders. So if I'm the AFL-CIO, I'm building my universal proxy department to help people, to help my different member unions do their paperwork and their, their work there so that you could actually see unions running candidates and proposing candidates. I think you could see the same thing from a climate standpoint. I could imagine if you're a pharma company vulnerable on something like insulin pricing, you know, having some sort of patient advocate get attention. And it may not be that they garner enough votes or have the ability to execute and get themselves all the way onto the board, but companies should be thoughtful about the noise that would generate on those kind of issues. So we have started to talk to companies about being prepared for that dynamic and to bring the whole conversation, I think, full circle from where we started, Sarah. I think this does go back to diversity. It does go back to thinking about diversity in a different way. If you know you're vulnerable on some of these more, for lack of a better description, social or special interest points, maybe you think about recruiting board members who could not only check some of the operational expertise that you're looking for, but have credibility on some of these other fronts.
1: How should companies be thinking about what they will need to do during the campaign and supporting the management slate? Do you expect that each individual director on the board or some of them may need to get more involved in meeting with institutional investors? How do you look at that right now?
0: The Directors are already very involved, and they're going to have to continue to be. So I don't think you're going to, if you have a 12-person board, which would be very big for Silicon Valley, but if you had a, if you had a 12-person board, I don't think you're going to be bringing all 12 directors around to all of your investors in the middle of a proxy fight because the, the, but it it could in in unique situation, but for the most part, the activist is gonna be nominating some smaller slate and they're gonna be targeting particular, even though it's universal ballot, they're still gonna target, uh, they're not, well, they're not required to, they're gonna target particular directors they're trying to knock off the board. And look, let's be real, every board has at least uh, one weaker link on paper, especially when you don't know of the people. And they're going to target those people. And ISS and Glass-Lewis are looking for the activists to selectively target the people. And not that they necessarily need to agree. If if ISS thinks someone else should be knocked off the board and not who the activists targeted, they certainly have that discretion to make that decision. But I think they are going to be looking for the activists to focus the shareholder base a little bit on who's up at stake. And then, look, for those targeted directors and those nominees, it is going to be important to bring those directors out and have them meet large investors. And you're also going to have to bring other board leadership. So if the activist isn't targeting your lead director and your lead director is critical, usually is, critical to setting strategy to the company, You're probably going to have to bring that lead director out as well, and maybe even one or two other directors.
3: I am a little worried. I don't know if this will happen, but I am a little worried that we'll see situations where a sitting CEO is targeted and doesn't end up with a board seat at the end of the proxy contest, or Mm -hmm. that we'll end up with boards where the audit chair doesn't get reelected, and then the company has to scramble just to do the day to day work of the audit committee, for example. So I think companies are going to have to keep an eye on that and make sure that their investors understand that they need to look at the board composition as a whole in view of the day-to-day work that the board does to make sure that they have the right resources on the board to complete things like the audit work, for example, where the activist candidate may not bring that skill set to the table.
0: It feels like uh, universal proxy may be very much of a mixed bag and you know, uh, it will also, I think, focus nominating committees on the weak links on the board, the folks who have been there forever, the former founder who no longer contributes and the like, who may be obvious uh, vulnerabilities in terms of competing candidates. Mm-hmm.
3: One question,
1: and maybe, Melissa, I'll turn this, uh, turn this to you that we received in the chat as companies look for the, t- towards the upcoming proxy season. Are you seeing people take a look at their current bylaws, the advance notice provisions, thinking about making changes there?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, one good thing about Universal Proxy from an issuer perspective is that it's providing a reason for a lot of companies to refresh their bylaws to make sure that they work for the time periods and the requirements of Universal Proxies. And as they're doing it, a lot of companies are also taking the opportunity to refresh their advance notice bylaws as well. There's lots of case law, particularly for Delaware corporations, that indicates that having really robust submission requirements for shareholders who choose to nominate directors is enforceable. And so companies, for example, can ask the proponent to provide a lot of information about what conflicts they may have relative to other shareholders. You know, Is the director candidate gonna receive compensation from the activist for standing as a candidate? Those kinds of questions seem to be fair game. My one word of advice is, I don't think this needs to be a cookie cutter exercise. So we don't need to take the list of 50 things that are available and insert all 50 of them into every company's bylaws. I also think it's really important that companies do this on a clear day. You don't wanna be amending your advance notice bylaws in the middle of an activist situation because then it looks extremely defensive.
0: Thank you for listening to SNC Critical Insights. For more information about our practice, please visit us on the web at